Ryan, good morning. Good morning to you. I was literally about to dial you and then the phone rang. The phone rang. Uh, rotary phone. I called you on my rotary and here you are. So, good morning. This good is an morning. unusual time for us. Unusual. A very strange time. Late um, morning, one might say. Yeah, it's basically midday. Yeah, 11 o'clock. I would have done earlier, but I had a coffee with my friend Ellie Wallace, who is in town from Kansas. So nice. Yeah, and we had 9 a.m. coffee at a place called Abrazo in the East Village. And I I didn't realize that I had once been there for a birthday party. But when I arrived, I felt so disoriented because it was like... familiar. Well, it was that, and it was also like walking Strange. through into a time machine, but a time machine that mm. only went like 12 hours into the future because it was, there was jazz music playing, there was lots of people there, and the lights were dimmed as if it were night, but it was nine in the oh. morning. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cocktail it very, hour. It felt like cocktail hour, but make it 9 a.m. Great. Very strange. That's great. Um, but a lovely, lovely time with Ellie catching up. A coffee date is so adult. I love a coffee date. Yeah, me too. Um, there's some uh, percussive music happening in the background because um, there's a person in the basement hammering off asbestos. So uh, that's our accompaniment today to this podcast. Um, but we wish him well. Yes, of course. Everybody do your work. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. I just got a flurry of texts from the dancing um, team. Where are my costumes? I need my costumes. It's very that. Where are they? Well, the show really opens in about a month, which seems crazy because... Like a long ways away. (laughs) Well, no, that's... (laughs) For desperate... A month is, is a bit of a time for desperate text messaging. No, no. One month, and honestly, you know, fittings have only just begun, so mm-hmm. it's crunch time, as they say. We're crunching. Going to the gym to work out. Um, I don't do that. Oh my god, I've really had quite a stretch of no exercise, and it's starting. I'm starting to feel something strange. Just psychological in my body, in my <laughs> mind. Um, but yeah, normally I can, I can, I can exercise because I can go to ten a.m. Cunningham class maybe twice a week. But my schedule just has not allowed such a thing the last couple of weeks, and I haven't. Look, I could have figured out another way to exercise. I could well, have done also it. Also, had a coffee date, and you do this thing, which could, you know, we could just well. Uh, also, Thursdays, I don't have 10 a.m. Cunningham. It's it's 6.15 p.m. Cunningham, so... Oh, perfect. So, look, today I don't even have to feel bad about missing Cunningham because it's later. Well, couldn't you go later? No, because... Well, no, because I'm going to a performance tonight. Well, choices. Choices. I know. I'm going to you go see... You have to choose a, your body, Reed. I'm going to go see a German dance company do a Sharon Ayal dance at the Joyce. Choices, choices, choices are choices. I like Sharon. I've enjoyed their work for many years, and I'm glad they're sticking to the plan. You know. Yeah, stick to the plan. Stick to the yeah. plan, everyone. Um, I'm into it. I think it's like, it's, it's a futuristic vision of dance that actually, um, that is thoughtful. Where I'm like, oh yeah, you are actually thinking about like the future of society when you're making a like forward-thinking dance piece, you know? No. What? Oh. Well, Sharon Ayal always makes these dances that they're very they're very similar to one another aesthetically, like, no matter where it's happening. Many kind of repertory dance companies have built these works with Sharon, and always it's kind of like a cluster of people that are more or less indistinguishable gender-wise, and often, like, various... Um, conventional attributes of sex are kind of disguised like 
wig caps are worn and like strange like body suits that are not particular to man or woman or other mm-hmm. and then they do these kind of like club dances on mass that are in unison but with some divergence and often to like kind of house music vibes so um they're fun to watch they have like a lot of propulsive energy and i think what they're doing with um gender and the body is um consistent and thoughtful and forward thinking okay there you go so less like sci-fi alien futures is sort of what i was picturing so well there is a sometimes there's a touch of sci-fi to it like like it's a bit like we we are we are zombie or we are space post human yeah post human thank you um, okay. Yeah, I've been thinking. Today I was listening to Throwing Shade, or what's it called Attitudes. Yes. Um, and I just was feeling very <sighs> nostalgic, bored. Well, no, nervous. I, I sometimes I can't believe, I can't believe the rhetoric that people buy into and I understand that it's like lack of education and I understand that there's a lot of hate and distrust in the world and in this country particularly but um it's shocking to me that people so desperately they want to legislate to oppress other people it's so strange I'm kind of like have you learned nothing from recent history anyways well, it's no. It's so strange. <laughs> Don't you think it's crazy? Mm, I think people tend to believe what they want to believe. So I don't it's like very that. Self-serving. It's very I mean. self-serving. I guess people are always just like it's a survivalist instinct. Looking at themselves in the mirror and being like you are right. You're the only one. Yeah. You're the chosen I, people. That's not about Jewish people. I didn't, I didn't, that's not what I mean. But no, <laughs> so, I understand. Uh, but everyone I mean, that, you know. It's literally about, like, white, straight, evangelical people who are, like, the. they're basically, like, I hate to say it, they're kind of like the fascists of now. Well, there's and a yet, certain dynamic of, like, everything gets put pushed off the table in the name of a kind of survivalist you know it's like the crusades it's like do you think this is what jesus was talking about like it's absurd isn't it isn't it then they do it in the name of you know like spreading the christian also, like there t- today on on attitudes, they were talking about legislation to like prevent embassies, American embassies around the world, from flying pride flags and Black Lives Matter flags. And it's just like, what are you talking about? It's um, it's crazy. Anyways, I, I am. Um, anyways, I'm baffled. I'm baffled by people's hate and, um. There well, you go. I mean, there you go. I, I might be for that legislation, but in the in like a, a um, a not in a against anyone, but like a not for anything other than like like in this because if people are sort of like individuals are allowed to kind of promote any line of any singular line you know what I mean it's like well if there's well, a white nationalist in charge they could put up a confederate flag well here's you know, the like, problem I think like there to has be, to be a stance be taken there, ha- there needs to be a stance taken against oppression and I think those flags are flags that represent a kind of uplifting of an oppressed people which is the opposite of a confederate flag and actually the opposite of the American flag itself which has come to stand for so much trouble and hate and so I think that the people who are asking for these flags of inclusivity to be taken down are like, only the American flag should be f- flown. 
And I'm kind of like, okay, well, then absolutely no Confederate flags flying in South Carolina. Absolutely, you know, like... But there's, there's also an ideology at play. I know that we, like, don't want that to be the case, that, like... But it's true. <laughs> I mean, the, the, we want to be post this idea that, uh, that this is a controversial stance that like homosexuality is, is anything at all other than just like some thing that should be allowed, you know, that it's like a kind of nothing. Like we wish we well, were there. That would be the best case scenario. But it's, it's but it's not the there reality. There are people who believe that it's a belief system, and there are people who believe that it's not right. Not just that, yeah. like people shouldn't. So there's an ideological statement against some other people. Is is sort of my point when you put up a flag about an ideology as well, well as, I as think... like an oppressed people. Sure. Right. I so. I mean. I think on its face, these movements would not say that they're against anyone else, aside from oppressors like white nationalists. Sorry, I, well, I didn't follow that. Meaning that like the LGBTQIA inclusivity flag or the Black Lives Matter flags those two ideologies or organizations are not intended to be against something. Well, I mean, the Confederate flag could also be said to have that spirit as well. Do we feel like that's the case? No. I so think we understand historically that that's not the case. Well, yeah, but one can imagine a white person seeing a Black Lives Matter flag and feeling a kind of oppression. Um, yeah, but that person lacks kind of education and their kind of, their understanding of what is right and wrong needs to be shifted through a kind of um, influx well, this is of exactly information. exactly what someone who's like against like homosexuality would feel about like oh these are like misunderstood understanding people who need to be converted i i understand what you mean and at the same time i think any stance that aims to oppress a way of life that is not violent towards other people need it like there's a difference there's a difference well i would say there's a difference between not having any other flags than the U.S. flag and versus not allowing certain kinds of flags. So, like, if they were wanting, you know, a Confederate flag and not a... Right. Uh, okay. You know, that, so that's what I mean, where I'm like, I don't want this dependent on whatever feeling somebody has who happens to be in charge in a scenario. Right. Like, so in that sense, I'm kind of like cool, have a law where, like, a confederate, a uh, pro-confederate dude can't put up that flag. That seems right. pretty, like, it also is, like, we should be united on some basic principles, and, like, maybe the American flag can be one of them. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, ideally, the American flag would undergo some kind of redesign in order, but, I mean, that would be... I just create a whole other, a whole other batch of problems. Um, but yes, I understand what you're saying, and ideally, there would just be a kind of understanding that our the people who lead us and the people who represent us at our embassies overseas would be welcoming right. to all kinds of people. But we right. we know that in this country, we're struggling for that to be true. Right. And this is also, I mean, my, my take on this is also under, under, <laughs> under, uh, appreciating the actual, the, I, I, I think it's fair to assume that these people who are pushing this legislation are not like just trying to create a clean slate. <laughs> you know, these no. are, these are the same people who are like trying to 
ban certain kinds of people from being a part of the democratic process right. so forth and so on. So, right. you know, if they were actually trying to make like a clean slate, the whole thing would be, the whole dynamic would, I assume, be different. But again, I don't even know the specifics of this situation. So, but um, I do feel like there's a way in which this could make sense. This is probably a nefarious, dark souled push but yeah i mean anyway uh, yeah it's 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 pretty incredible that people who lack empathy and education can use rhetoric and influence to make their way into the government I mean, this is since the beginning of time. I don't know. I mean, it's totally. just like, there, there are just certain days where it hits me more, where I'm like, wow, like, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Rick, what's his name? This Santos guy, George Santos, and Matt right. Gates and all these people who are truly deranged, Ted Cruz, are leaders well, in this country. I, I mean, I can't even say if they're deranged or not. They... They, they strike me more as Trumpian in the sense of just using sensationalism to get what they want, which is power and which, you know, is then money and all these things. So, like, right. it's almost like, I don't know if that's better or worse than actually believing in something at the end of the day. Do you think, do you but, think they don't believe the things they're saying? I don't think they really believe the things they're saying. I think they're okay. saying the things that they... Uh, think we'll get them what they well, want. Right. Well, clearly, clearly that's the case with George Santos, who doesn't believe anything that well, right, nothing he exists. says because because right. yeah, truly true. there Realities. is no center. Right. There's no reality. There's no truth. Right. It's it's and and all, that was always the case with Trump. It was like Trump right. is going to say what he thinks is going to play best. For right. Him. Like the twenty first century Republican Party is one that is you know you know what they are very inclusive of like extreme mental illness amongst their leaders. They they love that people who are fully have like narcissistic tendencies and bipolar tendencies and borderline personality tendencies should be leaders in the government. That's what their stance is. Well, the I mean, but like look at the the Mitch McConnell case. This is like someone who's not an idiot who like believes in things. But who is who also understands that power determines everything. So right. He was like, well, I'm going to stay close to those in power and make right. what I want happen through that. Right, like it's right. not going to happen without that. So there is this <sighs> like there's always that so there are people who believe in things and who want to get things done and they've aligned themselves with whatever the ruling power is. Mm. knowing that that is their best way to do that. I'm this so is, sorry. you know, the Supreme Court nightmare, you know, oh all of that. God. It's like people voting for Trump for the Supreme Court. Like, it's a similar... Yeah. It's, uh, and there's a, there's a rational aspect to that. I suppose so. Um, but it leads us to this clown car. Yeah. Reality. Oh, anyways, I'm sorry to make it politics and stuff for a minute. And, like, I was just having a feeling, and thank you for, like, you know, bringing me back to planet Earth for a second. Um, well, now back to business. Um. So, I don't know how it's pronounced, but that, the Mackinac. Oh, thank God. You got your eyes on it? Obsessed, watched the whole thing. I went there. Like, this is... This is the show is a bit tricky, I would say. I need it, you to talk about it a lot. Okay, I'm ready. Because I'm really confused about it, actually. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating, and it's hard to, it's hard to say with a sort of cultural bear. I think there's like a cultural barrier or like Very mystery much. to the show in Very terms of much. tone. Um, yes, there's a mystery about it culturally that I that is an impasse for me, but also like creates a kind of curiosity. Yeah, but I I feel like the show itself is is a strange mix of tonal aspects, but I, you know, one of the mysteries is like, are fifteen year olds or whatever whatever they are, however old they are, 
<laughs> is this how, is this like... Is this real? Nor, kind of normal. Like the kind We're, of... Right. Do 15-year-olds run away from home to... Well, they don't run away. They're... No, they you know, they're sort there. of... They go there. And um, then they behave in this way that seems unreal, but maybe it is real. Yeah, so that's strange. What And, and you know, this it reminded me of that other show that you liked a lot in terms of, like, the sweetness, but it was... Attorney Wu. It was Wu. cut by... The food aspects, but also other characters sort of cut through the the, the syrupiness of yes. of the of the sweetness of like their characters, right. like towards and each other. One of those people kind of really bridges the gap between the the home of the Makanai or the the Geiko and and actually being like the prima. Geiko, this woman who is like the main one, she's weirdly like exists in this space where you're like, oh, you are a part of the real world. Whilst also being like mm-hmm. the archetype of this thing that everyone's training to do. So it's yeah. like you have to go through this like fantasy, like ancient system in order to make it out into real life and have an apartment. <laughs> right. The, well, the the generational thing that becomes clear over time is really great in giving like a sense of like what this space actually is, because mm. you have you have her who I found I was like who is this character until I like it took me a while to realize that that was because she's sort of outside of it like like you're saying she's like sort of outside of that she's in her own house you're right like, but that also you? seems to so weirdly weird. maybe at times I'm like is her house connected Adjacent? yeah right is it connected Very... and you can just like cross a bridge because yeah. you know Momohana is always like her special helper who's there like washing her dishes and talking her through like what do seem to me to be like extreme hangovers yes um well, she's drunk at certain points too, so there, there is this sense of like, she can't, she's not into her reality. <laughs> right, right. Very Which, strange. There's that wonderful thing about like, uh, Sayonara versus the the like hello. Right philosophy. to like live with more intention You've watched all the, whole the thing, time. I assume. I have only gotten oh, up okay. until. Um, there. I'm at the zombie episode right now. Incredible. That was when I was really like, "What's happening?" The zombie episode's so hilarious. I'm not finished with it and yet. It gives I'm you only... like an a, an interesting look into that that character. Right, because um, I'm I'm only now where she is kind of training the young women to do zombie physicality, and she's like directing. The performance. Mm-hmm. This is an episode where she finds a bit of her own calling. Right. She's like she can see life outside of the house or something. Yeah, I think she gets some sense of like having power and ability to like determine what's going to happen, which I don't think she really feels. She sort of is like, I don't, I don't know about my own agency. Right. Well, it's it's also strange that this show establishes this reality where these young women living in this seemingly ancient way have no idea that it's so kind of like patriarchal and misogynist until and also like the show doesn't seem to acknowledge it until the the one woman's father comes and is like I'm taking my daughter away from this like I don't want her being ogled and groped by men etc and then the house mothers are like that's not the reality and like she's learning like this beautiful ancient thing and at the same time i'm like yeah but they are like doing the performances only for like inebriated men who want to like be seduced by the beautiful woman like that is not that's not true and i think it it goes to the heart of what the show is about for me which is about finding your calling and like for for Momohana, like this is her calling. It seems to be the the 
case for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are other episodes. I think this there are things that happen in episodes you haven't seen. Um, and then obviously, like you have this repeated dynamic with uh, the Makanai, who's the chef. I guess that mm-hmm. means does that mean chef? Is the that house what that means? Cook. Like whatever. Yes, the um, house cook. The other girl who doesn't become this thing and is like pretty clear has no calling for it. The No. And but sort of stumbles into this other calling that's constantly sort of called into question by other people as being yes. sort of beneath Right. Like, oh, is this really are you really okay with doing this? And she It seems yeah, it seems like so almost every every clearly, other episode someone's like is this all you want yeah and she's like yeah this is what i love right like Like people are like doesn't this just make you tired don't you feel abused and she's like i don't i feel super engaged i feel curious i feel challenged this work so yeah so that for me is like kind of the structure of like it actually doesn't people have different jobs and no one from the outside can say what is what a good is... and bad job right which right, is what right. the oh, i think anyway there's one of there's this may be a spoiler for you but there's this character who realizes that this isn't her calling to be i'm gonna go ahead and guess it's the the girl who came home from skiing with a bit of a sun burn and she was sort of like you could tell she had a glimmer of like i don't belong here in her eyes mm, i'm not sure I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if that's the same character. Okay. Um, but uh, trying to stay sort of more broad about themes of the show, um, the food stuff is so, and the, the pacing is so Insane. incredible. Like, it's so. I really uh, loved like just having these times with cooking the food. It's a whole other universe of filmmaking when you're like the conversation with like the Benito Flake man is like three minutes long. It's because there's that and then there is because you had mentioned the feeling like it's a documentary or something moment. It's like a reality show. And the the sequence after that where she goes I think it's like the The kelp lady. The kelp. Yeah. Where you're I did feel like this is not an act. This is not acting. The, this is like a camera pe- on this person yeah, who owns the shop. The kelp lady and the Menito man. I'm like, these are not incredible. actors. These are campy actors. It is incredible. And then seeing those flakes come out of the I machine. Know. It's incredible. I know. There, there are like, there are people on the show where it's almost impossible to believe that they're acting. And then there's like the main the Geiko where you're like, she <laughs> is, she's a movie star. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She is so uncre- incredible to look at and to watch her do her performances. It's truly shocking. Okay, so that scene where she gets on the boat. Oh my God. Could you believe it? No. Like, I do. I did feel like, oh, this could have been even more. But for this kind of TV thing, I thought this is, this is really exceptional. Well, my, the one, the, the like, <sighs> The journey to the spot on the boat, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is, dream. this is, this is a dream. But then when they get to the spot and they just turn mm-hmm. on the lights, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, is this how they're going to light this? Incredible. I thought, I did feel like maybe they could have done more like TV lighting for this section, but it really was like, no, no, they would just literally do like floodlights from. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, just the the kind of the presentational aspect of the moment was so perfect, mm. and I I just love that like the men were on this separate boat and this mm-hmm. like intense sense of watching, it, and like it, the girl is watching her like mentor, her idol. And it's so good. Watching Momohana be moved by her throughout the series mm-hmm. is really incredible. Yeah. And just watching the kind of the wheels turn in her young brain of being mm-hmm. like, I have to be that. I There's nothing like more than that. Well, and there are these incredible shots of her. Where you, where you just, they take the time, you watch her, 
and you have no idea what she's thinking. Mm. Like, there's this this shot of her looking in the mirror, like, kind of holding her braids. And I'm like, <laughs> this is incredible. Like, we just get to look at this young girl thinking about her life in some way. Like, we don't know what she's thinking in that moment. They they really take time to think on the show. the drying out of the prunes or whatever. Like, that for me was, a like, a, a totem moment for the show of, like... Wait, the drying out of the prunes? There's something she, she's put... She's put these, like, th- these fruits... Oh, like the pickled mat. plums. The, the pickled umeboshi. Plums, yeah. Yes. Like, out on, like, a terrace with, like, the laundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, that whole space, psychically, is incredible. Well, the space of the show is is really that's another thing where i'm like this is a reality television show like they're filming inside this tiny house it's really bizarre do you think it's a set (laughs) is it a set i don't think it's a set i don't either um it's so crazy to need to be at any moment there's nothing that feels like yeah, that's, like, kind of manipulated in that way. Like, uh, that little kind of, um, I, I don't even know what to call it. This, like, old Kyoto area where, like, everyone's walking around in wooden shoes on planks and, like, going through paper screens into, like, the next establishment. It's like, mm-hmm. where am I? Like, the bar is connected to the how. Like, I would love to see a map. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love yeah, to see yeah, yeah. where, and also that like when they're up on the roof doing the laundry, are they talking to young women in a whole other house? That's my assumption that there's like a kind of competing house. Right, but that's literally right next door attached. That's basically. right next door. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, mysterious. Okay, something else I would love to talk about is the way that the show. <laughs> does not um privilege one audio over another so there can be multiple conversations existing mm. simultaneously mm-hmm. and maybe it's because of the subtitle thing but like right they are completely incongruous and bet and yet they both seem to be getting the same volume <laughs> mm. and they're happening at the same time yeah, I mean, for me, it's part of this thing of, like, allowing complexity and mystery. It's like, we don't have, like, I don't, and and when the show ends, you're, which I am, like, hoping there's a second season, because there's <laughs> a lot, of, like, it, it's sort of tied up in this beautiful way, but there are so many outstanding storylines mm. and questions and mysteries. Um, I mean, every single episode ends like that where it's just like the eggplant is yummy and then the episode's over (sighs) and you're like what but it ends with like with a feeling it's very Mm. feeling based it does always end with a feeling you're like oh and then the credit starts growing and you're like incredible thank you so much it is and the music it's a gem gem. can you believe the music it's da 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 na 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 (sighs) Well, this is, it's, it's, <laughs> like this the show is it does it is borderline too sweet so i think for a lot of people it will be too sweet like jack sat down while i was watching it and was like this is incredible and then was like i can't watch this well it, it was you know little it's, it's teenagers and it's also like if if the show centered on the primary go yes. and then everything else were tangential, mm. I think it would be more up Jack's yes. alley because yes. there is, yeah. like, complexity to her. Right. But um, there's also and, the emo. You know, there are these great characters oh, that the sort emo of balance the show in that way of, like, you have this girl who's like, you shouldn't be here. Go, why... You should leave. Right. Like, this well, is a bad and, place. And I think they waited, like, six episodes to really help you understand that she's like the real she the yeah. real daughter of yeah. one of, of the house mother. It's very confusing. Yeah. It's and so also, bad. 
the role of the like comedy lady who returns because of her failing marriage mm-hmm. that she wants to basically mm-hmm. like escape totally. real life and come back. Yeah. yeah. And Incredible. also I'm I'm like it's kind I would of love to observe I want to see her perform I want to see her as the thing, you know? Well, I suspect it's like the performance we got from her which is this like a uh, kind of court jester. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just like, I am really entertainment. <laughs> right. She's like, I don't want to do this sort of like slow format, graceful entertainment. I just want to clown. Jokes. I just want to tell jokes and like right. make all the men happy. Right. I love the way that they take you through the evolution through hair and makeup and like mm-hmm. the way the clothes become ever more restrictive. Yeah. As you like make your way through the, hair. the training. Yeah. Oh the my hair god, the story. hair episode. Where you're like, oh, well, she's not going to sleep. And you expect, I think, I expected far more of a torturous experience for these girls. There's kind of no, it kind of doesn't happen. No. The, the like, she's not going to sleep for like a week thing. Mm. You're like, what is that about? And then it's that she can't right. sleep on her hair. She can't sleep on her Incredible. hair. She has to sleep on like a little torture neck thing. See but her hair get done? Come on. Incredible. Long, a long shot, long scene of just weird old irons. Crimpy, crimpiness, whatever's happening. I know. And also the way that they make up their necks ever mm-hmm. so. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. But um, again, it's this way of like restricting, restricting, restricting. Like, um, it's interesting. And the having to walk around in the little wooden shoes and it's it's pretty bizarre. Um, but when they're doing the performances and the training, it's sort of undeniable in its yeah. in its poetic beauty, you know? Yeah. And you have the moment with the father where he's basically like Oh Yeah, I'm convinced. Like this is something. Right. I mean the eggplant convinces him more than anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Which is an interesting kind of moment of, like, joining the girls as well. Because, like, there's this recognition that, like, some kind of, that, like, emotional uh, resonance is valuable. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's tricky because you also have this, you know, the clown town girl who's, like, doing a very different kind of thing. Which Isn't is sort of more bizarre. in line with what you expect, like, kind of think of, like, and, and, you know, not, like, literally what you expect a geisha to do, but this idea of kind of, like, performing for men. Like, mm-hmm. they're kind of, like, pleasuring men. Um, rather than yeah. kind of uh, this more art uh, dedication practice, which uh, is also possible in that space, if not kind of right. this... The, base of it i don't know i have a question Mm -hmm. which we're gonna have to speculate on but i i understand that we're not seeing like all of their lessons during a day but it does seem as if they like do their dance classes and then they kind of just like sit around quietly and chat and very obsessed with eating and so do they like is this where their kind of academic education ends like they just go this place when they're mm. 16 years old and this is it? Yeah, I'm trying to think through if there were any indications of... Mm. Um, but yeah, they seem to like go out into the world in some way. Oh, I also around. just got to this sort of like <laughs> spastic young lady who arrived with her mother that I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where wow. her story's going. Wow. But she's really, she's loud. Yeah. Um, She's, like, it's, it's like, incredible. It's, it's out, kind of outrageous. That, that is, there, wait, also, I just want to point toward the opening of the zombie episode where, where the, the Makanai is having the bad dream. Yeah. With the, the arms coming through the screen. for, like, the kind of zombie bizarreness of that episode. But it's so out of character it is, out of for character the whole for the show. show. Yeah. That's the thing. The show does I sort of love, whatever it wants. I love that. There's a, there's a, there are these scenes where you, where I'm like, are, is someone going to die? Right. Like, there are these is questions of, like, what could happen in the show? 
You totally. don't know. Because it's like, what is this? What is this? Well, what is this even show? when they like go to McDonald's and uh-huh, then uh-huh. they're like crossing the yes, river that's on what those I mean. stones. That's what I'm thinking. The, like, crossing you're like, the river. Is this going to be, is this going to create some kind of drama? drama like, right. but no. 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 Because no. the oh, one I'm girl so... sort of behind, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's Momohana. Yeah. Anyways, I'm so glad you watched. I really, for me, it was, there's like something very uh, spiritually calming. Mm. And I, I I thought like the, this kind of mystery of like, what kind of show is this? It was so compelling. It's such a mystery. Um, like in a way, it reminded me of a kind of like, 90s ensemble cast kind mm. of sitcom mm. but it's not also well, you know, it, in so many ways but that's why it's like a reality show it's like housewives were just cuts from like one conversation to the next mm. it's just like well these people are doing this and these people are doing this and you're like okay yes. I mean the but way the show very intentional and like chosen yeah, you only but, start to understand the intentionality in yeah. places where you're like, oh, that's mm. why they did that. Yeah, and I'm also remembering, like, the first scene, because I'm like, what was the be- my beginning relationship to the show? Because it's, like, first-person narration. Right. Well, there's the, there's the baseball boy and the grandmother. So cute. Who get left behind. And I love, like, that we, we do check in with them. <laughs> so there's there are all these like loose ends that I really want I feel like there's so much to explore the new girl that has arrived right um, I mean daughter. how about that that scene where the glasses one comes down mm-hmm. she's just so charming I mean she she's one of the real stars of the show um, but she's she comes she comes down in the night and she's basically like I love bread. And then Miss Makanai is like, well, then, okay, I'm going to make you like bread custard. And then Mm -hmm. it's probably 10 to to 15 minutes of making this secret (laughs) bread custard and then just watching the glasses girl eat it Mm -hmm. and like cherish it. It's so crazy. It's heaven. It's so good. And you know what? I went to dinner at James Whiteside's this week and oh I was sitting God. in the kitchen chatting and I go, "What, well, James, like, what have you been up to? And I was like, well, I have been watching a really strange thing. And I was like, um, I've been watching this Japanese show and he was like, the Makanai. And I was like, yeah. And then I almost cried because I was like, thank God there's someone else out there who... It's has so connected good. on this point. I know. Yeah, so we go on that food journey. I'm trying to remember other food journeys. There's, you know, there's a food journey that happens in the end with the little sandwiches. Oh, I can't but, wait. So um, I've seen now the sandwiches at the, with Momohana and the main Geiko, and um, I have not yet seen um, oh, our girl. Oh, where she's like, oh, and I, I, she's like, really I promised her. Art now. I can't, I can't eat those because I so promised. Sweet, and I love, I love the like lessons that the, the older generation, get from these girls. Mm. Like that is so sweet. It's nice. Yeah. Um. The the udon the whole the whole thing around the udon of like, taking care of someone with food, mm. the regional aspects of like how that's done, mm. learning. Yeah from these like older generations of, of like shopkeepers of like, you know, this thing of like, Oh, you can't just like do whatever. Like even the way that episode in particular had these like moments that kind of exemplify the strangeness of this show where Mm -hmm. the Bonito flake man is kind of unwelcoming to her, but then gives her like a, a whole lesson and a tour. And then, directions to the kelp lady where at a certain point you're like she's not gonna find it like she's lost Mm -hmm. but then she's not at all she's just like oh there it is 
<laughs> it, yeah, it's another moment where like drama could have happened, but instead but no. we have this story about food. Right, and then we're just at the kelp lady learning about kelp and tasting it and talking about the sea and... A thing that really struck me in those interactions was the dynamic of, like, the person being like, taste it, and her being like, can I, I'm allowed to do that? Right. Like, for me, that was such a, that's such a powerful thing of, like, not even having the sense that you could have the opportunity to do that. Right. Wait, I have a question, Mm -hmm. and maybe it gets resolved later in the series but remember when she collects all the raffle tickets to get Mm -hmm. the bread maker but then she just ends up getting a box of apples Mm -hmm. does she ever get the bread maker no she doesn't (laughs) (laughs) the apples is the resolution she goes well i i guess i'll make some pies wow i was like how is this how is it possible that this isn't going to end with her getting a bread maker? And it just doesn't. She, she that's doesn't. It. That's it. No bread maker. <sighs> wow. That is astonishing. I was like, wait, is that it? All right. I also, <clears throat> yeah, so I guess there was only like one turning for a number. So did you need to get like 10 to have a chance to get a thing? I think I, you needed 10 to do to get, get one chance to get a chance for the big money items yeah who knows yeah i think it was like <laughs> you need 10 raffle tickets to be in the running for like the bread maker the apple box the whatever but look she got the apples she already got some apples earlier some in the, the episode <laughs> i know apple season anyway, here it, i loved watching her cook the udon i loved watching her do the eggplant i loved watching mm-hmm. her do that like bread custard i mean every every food sequence is truly very lovely the the sense of like the the feedback of like this is normal oh as a always com- the as feedback a kind of compliment <laughs> people being brought to tears of being like oh it's so so like homey yeah well, the whole the whole drama of like having to get takeout over and over oh again. Oh my god, that was amazing. You're like, okay. I'm like none of you can cook anything at all, which is a bit of an answer to your question about like what are they learning? It may Not, be nothing. Uh, nothing. Um anyways, it's a bizarre and gorgeous show and I hope that we've turned some of you on to it. Um stick with it for a little while. It 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 it, yeah, I think you you have to get through an episode to, like, have some sense of the strangeness of it. Yeah. If but. you can get to the end of episode one, you'll kind of be hooked because you'll be like, what then? <laughs> yeah. Also, that, that um, title sequence is so Oh, my God. With the, with the broccoli that's so saturated, it's blue. And you're like, well. Yeah, the coloring is, is it's interesting, crazed. but it's, like, kind of the same footage you see in the show but they do this col- like color grading on it that, and and like kind of noise texturizing of it mm. uh, but it's um, nice i watched every oh, time I never uh, me it. too me too <laughs> unlike um the rings of power which i barreled through and wow. completely would skip the intro every time yes i couldn't um, watch that show i got very into it for it was uh, oddly really intense compelling and the production design was very beautiful like the costumes and the wigs and everything was pretty amazing so i watched they like are leaving the village the giant man is there with the, them that's Gandalf? as far as i got oh this is the same show there's a guy who comes from the sky. Yeah, the guy who comes from the sky <laughs> is a journey because basically through the whole series, spoilers everyone because who cares. So this is <laughs> this is this this um the rings of power I'm sure will end up being like 3 or 4 seasons, but okay. in this first season we know who Galadriel is and like maybe a couple other elves and I look I don't know Lord of the Rings history right, very right. well, so I was really in the dark about everything, but um, you know, Kate Blanchett plays mm-hmm. Galadriel in the series, but now it's this Welsh okay. actress who's so amazing. Yeah, I liked her. And, 
Um, and she's her like, costume. I'm not going off into the sun. Thank you so much. Oh no, she's like, I'm diving right back into the water. I love the trick that the elves play on themselves to be like, now you get to go to like Valrhaven and like be amongst your elders. It's like, no, you're they're gonna die. Well, this is this is how the Lord of the Rings ends. Just so you know. Oh, they all get on is that, that the boat. The hobbits get on the boat. I know. I cried. And they and you're like, is this <clears throat> the end? Because there've been. 20 endings already in that movie. You know, it's I, It's crazy. It's one of the few things I can actually, like, date in my life is mm. that in 2004, I got on a plane one weekend when I was dancing for Ballet Met, and I flew up to Toronto to do an audition for the Alberta Ballet, which was just taking places place at the National Ballet of Canada Studios. And basically, I was doing an audition class with all students from National Ballet of Canada School, and, um, and so I didn't know anyone or have anything to do that evening after the audition. So I went and I saw the third Lord of the Rings movie at a movie theater, having probably not seen the second one or maybe mm-hmm. even the first. And by the end of the film, I was crying. <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. Um, and then That's I hilarious. slept in some like $40 hotel and left, oh went back to, to Columbus the next day. And I did in fact get hired by the Alberta ballet. Did you watch the other movies? Ev- I'm sure I have eventually. I'm not that interested in those movies. They're not, no, they don't do it. Watch the show, the TV show. Well, it won the like golden globe for best drama series. Are and I you thought, kidding me? No, I thought there must be something to this. And then I watched it and I was like, well, there is something to this. It's really no. expensive. No, no, no. Um, and also really good English actors, compelling plot and mystery. And so basically the whole show, you're wondering like, who is Sauron? Cause there's like three different people that you're like, that person could end up being Sauron, who's like uh-huh. the evil wizard who ends up like making the evil ring or something. I don't know. Anyways, so by the end of the the Rings of Power, you figure out who it is, and it's really a twist. Wow. Yeah. I Do did you... not find the show to be good, but um, I you kind of have to keep it. going. You if you keep going, there ends up being kind I didn't of like think it ha- looked. I didn't want to. I didn't. I wasn't interested in how it looked. I didn't. But you know, I. I you didn't. What about the gorgeous ruched smock that she's wearing when she's you know shipwrecked? Oh yeah, I thought yeah yeah. I mean, this also came out at the exact same time as the Game of Thrones. I can't watch thing. that. So I think I can't. I watch found that. them both to be like not really worth that watching is i think it was the combination of them i find game of thrones to be a much more like comic-con misogynist kind of Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah envisioning of fantasy times yeah whereas i think lord of the rings is really like trying to step up their game in terms of being like it's girl power time you know it's girl power and also being like we're now having like people of color in our universe which like never happened before (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it's wild. These shows are wild. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I I enjoyed the Rings of Power, and um, I guess that that's oh, all. Oh, I've oh, had. I did want to talk about. I made. Uh, I think it's an Allison Roman lemon cake. What is Ooh. it called? I should. I need to. I need to have this. This. I want lemon cake. This correct info. I hope this recording continues. Hard to say. Oh, I'm not recording on this. As long as I keep talking to you, then... Wait, you're not recording? (laughs) No, I'm recording. I'm not recording on my phone. I'm talking to you on my phone. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, Um, Jeremy. Okay, so this is the... It's it's on the New York Times, what have you. It's called Lemony Turmeric Tea Cake. And it's exceptional. I loved it. It's one of the favorite cakes I've ever eaten. Oh, yeah. It's a loaf. It's a loaf. Okay. Okay. Really loved and does it. it. Does it have like preserved lemon in it or something? It doesn't. What's but the do lemon component? Make... So you do this thing that I've been seeing a lot, which is like zesting lemon into sugar and then rubbing oh, it yeah, so the oils come it. out. That yeah. seems to really, it really does the trick. work. It was yeah. as lemony as I could have dreamed. 
I loved it. Well, I made um, a, a Swedish princess torta for my friend you Kyle Dance. So it's, it's so good. I made that cake for a birthday party last weekend, and um, it looked really beautiful, I must say. And I... I, I did like a fusion marzipan recipe where I saw in one recipe that they used rose water and I was like, I want to mm-hmm. do that. So it gave the marzipan like a little bit of complexity that marzipan I find really yeah. lacks. I don't love the marzipan on that. No, but I roll, I, I made an effort to roll it really thin mm-hmm. and the rose water and it was, I was kind of like, yum. Work. Yeah. That's great. Um, anyways, the cake worked out, but what I, I did making the raspberry jam component, I did rub lemon zest into the sugar to give mm-hmm. that it's, some more it's the trick. sharpness. It's a so good, good trick. So good. Also, if you're ever um, going to make like a celebratory birthday cake, Claire Saffitt's, <coughs> excuse me, mm. Claire Saffitt's recipe for preserved lemon cake with seven minute frosting is excellent. Oh, okay. I was going to, yeah. I was planning on getting, uh, on preserving Preserving some lemons. <coughs> Yourself. I just bought a big bag of sugar, so. Wow. That's, yeah. I think preserved lemons also, there's a salt component. Yes, it's salt and sugar. I think that's like mm. basically it. Um, I also beautiful. made Alison Roman's vinegar chicken with crushed olive oil dressing, which is less a recipe and more. What do you mean? Ca- crushed olive oil? Crushed olive that? dressing. Oh, crushed olive dressing. So it's dressing. a kind of like tapenade yummy but again sort of my takeaway was this is more of a technique than a recipe basically you like just stick the chicken in the oven at a high temperature Uh i think it's like 450 i want to say for like 25 minutes wow don't touch it and then you use you take the chicken out take it off and then use the make a basically a pan sauce uh-huh. with this olive <clears throat> tapenade kind of mixture. Love that. It was incredible. The chicken was crispy Delish. because oh. you're not doing like any of this the liquid the wet the, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was really excellent. Excellent. Would definitely make that oh. again and again. Kind of did last night, but I used the technique. I kind of went off chicken for a little while, and now I'm back on it. Ugh. And now I'm back on it. Chicken, it was weirding, chicken, chicken. It was weirding me out texturally for a little bit, and now mm. I'm, like, I got over it somehow. Um, what was I going to tell you? I Oh, I wanted to make a correction from last week. I went to the ballet, mm. and I talked about it. And while I was discussing um, this woman who made her, their debut in um, Hyfe Divertimento, I called them... Olivia Clark, which is the name of a woman I used to dance with at Ballet Met. And that's not right. Her name is Christina Clark. How did you... Did someone tell you this? I listened to the episode. Oh, I was curious if you still were listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah, I listen. Fridays wow. I wake up and I listen. Wow, see what that's happened. great. Because I'm always... Yeah. Around Monday, I'm like, I wonder if that podcast went out. Oh, yeah, I'll let you know. I always let you know. It great. sounds good. Your song, the music you do, really good. Oh, great. Um... <laughs> And uh, the other correction is that I said that the Hyfe Divertimento had never been in the repertoire of New York City Ballet since, like, Suzanne Farrell left the company. But that also turns out to not be true because I heard that Wendy Whalen danced the role. So that would have been during Mm -hmm. the Peter Martins Mm -hmm. era. So I don't know what's up and what's down anymore. And I I don't know why Hyfe Divertimento was never in the repertory during my... I mean, look, I've been watching New York City Ballet since 1998, seven. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I have a correction too. If you yeah. think th- we're giving you facts, you're mistaken. Okay, that's also a good correction. Nothing here is facts. This is all fictional. This is fiction. This is unscripted, scripted fiction written. It's absolutely fiction. And, and um,. We just hope we're you're enjoying our company, like on um, the 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 Japanese show we just talked about. Oh, I love that show. What's I'm it really called? Sad the Makanai. I'm really sad that I watched it. Well, maybe there's other things like it that we just don't know about that 
are out yeah. there. I also am like, I also have a fantasy that there's a second season that maybe I can find somewhere else. Oh, but I see. I haven't done any. I just finished it yesterday, I think. I mean, that show really highlights cultural differences that are, you know, illuminating. Where you think, oh, wow, other places are truly very different. I love that feeling. I know. Where it's like, not the, the whole world isn't just all the same. Yeah, go live differently. Um, oh. What else can I tell you? I'm just, I'm out and about doing lots of, we had a meet and greet for dancing yesterday because it was the first day of the cast resuming rehearsals. Mm, that's so nice and to see yeah, everyone again. We, we, yeah, a lot of like hugs and clapping and we got swag. We all got our mm. da- dancing water bottles. Oh. But they're good ones. They're metal ones. So they're also thermoses. Great. Are, wait, are and they insulated? I think so. I think they're insulated, but they might be hand burning and they might just be for (laughs) cold water. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. That'll be a correction for next week. Um, Oh, I did have this thought about the podcast and we'll just talk about it here here on live. Oh, yeah. Um, Meta. I thought, you know, people could send in recorded uh, messages of like, oh, I have this show next week and we could just tack them on at the end. Love that. We love to give a or they could, you know, an like, advertisement. Oh, I hate this show. Why does it keep happening? You know, things don't, like that. Don't we don't need that. We don't need that. I mean, if I just think if people get to the end of this amazing. <sighs> That's incredible. And well, uh, they could listen speaking to some more stuff. Um, but, my friend Taylor, who was in town a couple weeks ago, yes, and, is, and is in town, Taylor Block, and is in town again, um, uh, uh, Taylor's partner, Andrew, is a new listener, I've uh, learned. So, Andrew, Andrew, hello. are you okay? What are you doing? Send us what a is message. Your, What's your task <laughs> while you're listening? Please send us a message. But Turn us towards things. Don't expect a response of any kind from us. So here's my no, my no, I'll respond. Like the most that I can do, I think, is like download somebody's audio message and insert it at the end. So oh that's, yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. thinking. But um, okay, so you won't even really hear it. I'll hear it when I, I listen. Might to that not episode. even listen to it. I probably will. No, I, I mean, I, I, I listen. I likely will because you can't. I listen to questions from Bobby, people. and I have like some incredible questions from Bobby that I need to actually address with another um, person who's directly in dance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll maybe do like a tangential interview with someone at some point that can also be inserted at the end of episode. Great. I'm all for random content. Uh, the sun was out this morning, but now it's gone. Also, if you, I, yeah, I think I thought of it too, of like, if you love tar and want to talk about it, go ahead. Please send us your responses to our discussions. If you happen to be watching the Makanai, just let us know. Let us know. Oh, I hope everyone, I do feel like this is a show that makes the world better in some way. I think so too. It's I think calm. it it calm. slows us calm down. down. Calm down. It helps everyone. us to, you know, when you take a bite of food next time mm. or you're preparing something, mm. maybe you'll like do it with a bit more care, yeah. with a bit more wonder, and with a bit more love. Yeah. Oh. Uh, anyways, over the course of the next week, I'm going to go see the new Justin Peck full-length Copeland thing that's premieres tonight, but I'm going on Sunday. And um, what else will I be seeing? I'm seeing the German company tonight. I'm seeing... Oh, there's other things I can't... Rem- oh, I'm going to go see Lindsay Jones tomorrow, which oh, is going to be library. today yeah, I meant to, for the, I meant to say for the library. So if you, the listeners, are listening to this Friday morning, (laughs) register to go see some of the lectures at the library and friends, Lindsay Jones. I think this registering thing might be unnecessary. You can just show up. Yeah. 
Um, it's um, in the theater, but that is not sort of on the backside. That's how I think of it. Yes, that you enter from Amsterdam Avenue, and um, Lindsay's. You know, we. I'd like to call her a friend of the pod, though I don't know that she's ever been interviewed on the pod. I don't think so, but I have been like, we should have Lindsay on in my mind. That's as of far course. as it's, it's gone. This um, would maybe be maybe maybe we should because of this. It could be the container. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. And Lindsay, I'm going to her, her lecture tomorrow at um, three. And also a friend of mine, Julie um, Brindano, has a lecture at some point during the day. I think it's earlier. Yeah, I think it's in the morning section. Anyways, look it up. Um, if you are here and you have enti- the entire day free and you've already listened to this pod, go, go, run to the library for the performing arts. Not to be missed. It's but truly... I, I'm missing it. I guess it's... I don't know. You are missing it, and I'm not. I've actually informed I did, the... I did see the email, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to put this on my calendar, and then I realized that it was an in-person event and not the... Because it has uh, been streamed the past couple of years. So. I think there is a streaming option oh, if you, you choose. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to look into it. I, I thought, oh, they're not, because you actually want people to come. Oh, something I didn't talk about last week is I saw Linda Murray at the library. Heaven. Who is, in fact, a friend of the podcast. And I went to a screening of a documentary that Daniel Madoff made about the process of making, um, of putting August Pace back together, reconstructing the Cunningham work. And there's now like an hour long documentary that at some point will have a more available kind of release. It just doesn't right now. So only the people more or less directly involved have seen the film and we had a lovely screening at the library and um you know i was only mildly embarrassed which is great which That's is great a triumph to appear on screen and be only mildly embarrassed is i call that growth i'm growing up <laughs> i'm starting to accept that i am this mm. this container that i exist in this is it i'm i'm starting to understand it Come to terms with the situation at hand. Yeah. I can't escape it, you know. It just is. Hmm. It just is this. I feel weird about this episode. Um, Why? Should we end it now? Why, why do you feel weird? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm in a, a bad mood. No, I think it was good. I think we disagreed and you helped me understand things. And then we got to enjoy... The Geisha House. <laughs> Write that down. That could be the description. That's the description. <laughs> um, okay. We loves you, everybody. I'm going to stay on the line for a second just to discuss scheduling with you. Gorgeous. All right. Okay. We loves you. Bye. Bye. Oh.